the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day. Rob Black and your money, the original. That's show title number one. Guess what show title number two is going to be when I launch a new podcast? It's going to be called Rob Black Show. I know that sounds silly, and trust me, it is. I just couldn't come up with anything else that was better. Anyway, let's talk. take a look at Wall Street today, figure out what's working, what's not working. Let's figure out why. First and foremost, AMC to the moon. That is our meme stock of the year, supplanting GameStop. It is based in the theory that it's a stock that should fail because we're not going to movies during the pandemic. And it should fail because of services like Netflix, where we're watching movies at home more and more. Why go to the movies? So they're a big story today. We'll talk about meme stocks a little bit later in the show. The NASDAQ had a good day yesterday. Good day, NASDAQ as did the S&P 500, as did the Dow, as did Bitcoin, and the 10-year Treasury played along, going a little bit lower to 1.58 from 1.59, thus giving us like, hey, it feels kind of nice. We had a nice day on Wall Street. Now, that doesn't necessarily carry over um, on a day-by-day basis. The next meme stock could change from AMC to Bed Bath & Beyond because they're having a running stock price that they haven't seen in many, many years. Back in the 1990s, Rob Black was fresh out of college and Rob Black wanted to get a townhouse or a condo and Rob Black bought a house and Rob Black said, I need throw pillows. I don't know why I need throw pillows, but I needed throw pillows. So we went to Bed Bath Bath and Beyond, and I got pillows, right? And there was a theme of Americans getting their first home and going to Bed Bath & Beyond to get my pillows <laughs> or the pillow guy, either or. They're both fine. Um, we went and we bought things to put on our couches and put on our beds, right? Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond did really, really well as an idea, as a concept, as a retailer, and then we kind of said, eh, we can get that online. We don't need to go to that store anymore. And now people are trying to say, we need Bed Bath & Beyond more than ever. And it's turning into, let's send the stock to the moon. Bed Bath & Beyond yesterday was up 62% when the NASDAQ was up fractionally, the SP was up fractionally, the Dow was up fractionally. So... I'm just throwing it out there for you that meme stock, you can't avoid them at this point in time. B 
being a meme stock is a lot like being Spider-Man. You get these like superpower moves, superpower strength. There's something super awkward about it. Spider-Man was an awkward teenager, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. I know you're saying Spider-Man wasn't real, Rob. In my head, he is. Dogecoin, the crypto based on a joke, popped over 30% yesterday in anticipation of being added to Coinbase. I'm going to say this out loud and you're going to agree with me. Um, think this is a weird time. Dogecoin, a cryptocurrency based on a joke. And Bed Bath & Beyond having just glorious days. It does not make sense. Uh, and that's probably the best phrase I could throw out there to hurry is it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. I can't make any sense. It, 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 it blows my mind. But you know what? It's not my job to figure that one out. I almost have to run with it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. The looking a little depressed on the markets today, not too bad. There's a little bit of a risk off tone. And I think you know what I mean by risk off, where the markets don't find a reason to rally. They find a reason to fall apart a little bit. So yesterday, everything was in the green. And yet Bed Bath & Beyond and Dogecoin were up huge. Today, everything's in the red pretty aggressively. Not not horrible. But the Russell's down 1.5%. The Nasdaq's down 1%. The Dow down one-third of a percent. The S&P 500 down one-half a percent. Twitter begins rolling out subscription product to undo tweets. How many times have you set up a feature where you sent an email, sent a tweet, published a video, and you're like, oh, I, I, I spelled something incorrectly. I need to fix that. Um, or you wanted to recall something that was mean. Tinder has a feature now that, you know, Tinder, it's a dating app. And I got to be very careful on how I say this because it does deal with body parts. Tinder has a feature now that if you send a picture of, let's say, your finger, you want to show a girl that you've got big hands. It says, do you really want to send this picture? It's giving you an opportunity to, like, think twice before you do something stupid that you can get banned for. It's kind of interesting. Not wildly interesting, but kind of. So the undo feature is becoming more of a thing. And Twitter says we're going to – you can pay two ninety nine a month then or you get to undo your tweets. But you also – let me give – let me be fair to this one because I, I think I'm giving it short thrift. Um, you can bookmark folders in Twitter with the new feature. You can have a reader mode, which makes it easier to read longer tweets, longer threads. The option to customize the Twitter app icons on your phone, access to color themes for the Twitter app, dedicated customer service. Um, kind of growing up a little bit. Not all products are meant to be free. Um, when I use Twitter and if I pay for it, I'm certainly not going to be a jerk face. But if I want to make fun of uh, Matthew McConaughey or if I want to make fun of Matt LeBlanc from Friends, I'll hide behind Twitter and do it. I'll be a cyber bully. But if I'm paying for it, eh, probably not so much. So I think Twitter is doing a good thing by going with a subscription model for power users. 
Um, I'm not offended by that. Hopefully you are not either because it's not that big of a deal. So a little bit of a risk off today. Shares of AMC had been up 20%, but then fell apart after the management said at current prices, we're going to issue shares. So even though it's a meme stock, which is kind of a civil war stock, north versus the south, people who are long versus shorters, um, professionals who work there are saying we're issuing shares to get cash. And mutual funds are saying, we're shorting the stock because this looks silly. But the bulletin boards at Reddit and Twitter are saying the stock's going to the moon. The employment report, not the employment report, excuse me, the employment change report, the ADP employment change report was positive. We added a million jobs. That's the biggest number since the pandemic started. And it means there's going to be a lot of people with paychecks in two weeks. I like that. That's a good story of the day. Now you're up to date. As Paul Harvey would say, and now you know. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I am not a cryptocurrency bull, nor am I a cryptocurrency bear. If you want to own a crypto, you can own 1% to 5%, and it's not going to freak me out. I probably own some one to five percent of something that would probably not freak you out, but you go, that's not for me. I am not a meme stock invent uh, investor. I'm not a momentum chaser. I'm not an IPO lover. There's categories inside of Wall Street that some people want an IPO. They don't care what it does. It's just new. And I'm like, you're kidding. You're not gonna even. You don't even care what the comment. Nope. I want to be the first one to buy it because someone's going to buy it for me is the thought. And that worked really, really well in the 1990s. Any company that had a dot-com on it that came public, the stock went higher. So if you weren't a dot-com, you were a dot-nobody was the meme back then. Meme stocks kind of gave birth in 2020. To AMC and GameStop, they dominated Wall Street headlines. I hated it because I am a value guy, a growth guy. I'm a fundamental guy. I'm a top-down approach to value. Starts with revenue and it hits with bottom-line earnings. So when you get a beleaguered stock like AMC where we're not going to movie theaters anymore, I say pass. When you say we're not going to GameStop anymore – we're downloading uh, video games, I say pass. And GameStop had a business model that was used to be kind of interesting when you had you didn't have to go to the store to get a, a game before digital downloads. That's when it, the, the, the teeter-totter tripped on it. It hit its tipping point. Now, GameStop had a, a program where you can sell your old video games. So let's say you bought Grand Theft Auto for like 60 bucks. And you have the DVD and it's not scratched. You can take it back to GameStop a couple years later and they'll give you $5 for it. 
not just five dollars, but five GameStop dollars. So you could use your five GameStop dollars at only a GameStop. You couldn't go to the burrito chain right next door and suck down a, a bean cheese burrito, no beans. I know you're saying, did he just say bean cheese burrito, no beans? Yes, I just like rice and cheese. Thank you. No, that's not true. Um, but meme stocks are popular by millennials, which is uh, I'm Generation X. My approach to Wall Street is a Generation X approach. Um, I like things like video card uh, accelerators like NVIDIA and AMD. I, I probably the baby boomers look at me and they go, why are you buying growth stocks like that? They're going to kill you. They, they grow too fast. And I get it. They, they grew up on Coca-Cola and they grew up on, uh, you know, more conservative investment angles like Morgan Stanley. And to me, that's not. No, no. I don't want to buy a nice growing business. I want to buy a fast growing business. And now I'm getting superseded by the millennials who want to buy businesses that should be dead and say, we see some value in it. High volatility, high valuations. Instead of owning the stock, they rent it. There's nothing wrong with that approach. It's just different than what I'm used to. I have no problem. Let's, let's, um, let me think of a company right now. Okay, I could use Twitter. I like Twitter. I think it can go higher because the subscription news, if the numbers come in, it will go higher, in my opinion, because it'll work a riser for the action in any stocks I ever mentioned. Um, but it's not my cup of tea. I might own Twitter for three months. I'm going to rent it. I'm going to make a profit in it. Then I'm going to sell it. I'm going to move on. I'm going to pay my taxes. That's essentially all that a meme stock is, but on crack cocaine or on rocket fuel or on steroids. You can't really call it growth. You can't really call it value. You could say it's popular amongst millennials who may ha all have ADD, according to the media. They don't want to own it. They want to rent it. And it's, it's heavily tied to the, the catchphrase FOMO, fear of missing out, F-O-M-O. Now, when it crashes, it crashes hard. Take a look at Tilroy and Canopy. They weren't exactly meme stocks, but they were stocks that were on fire. They were the church of what's working now. They were marijuana companies that Tilroy is like, we're going to make medicinal marijuana. We're going to come up with some cool things. Canopy growth is like, we're going to make a soda that you can drink at night without caffeine that has a little CBD oil or something in it that puts your, your butt straight to bed. And we're like, new product and marijuana and like maybe the the dirty boy in me like the the guy who wanted to smoke marijuana when he was 16 but i was too afraid to buy it because i might get caught and put in jail i know uh, east coast we didn't buy marijuana we were afraid of it west coast you grew it in your your garden kind of thing that's what we think at least but the stocks have you know, there have been momentum stocks. There have been story stocks that turn into momentum, which is kind of close to what a meme stock is, but it's not. Meme stocks are typically done with free trading with apps like Robinhood. And then you get communities like Reddit, StockTwits, um, Twitter, where they say like Dogecoin to the moon or today it's AMC to the moon. And you don't really know much about it other than to the moon sounds like it's going higher. And it, that's a romantic term to people who invest or rent stocks. Of course you want it to go to the moon. 
I once bought a company that was working on uh, oh, I, uh, cancer. And out of nowhere, there was a headline in the USA Today in the 1990s that said, like, XYZ has developed a vaccine for cancer. And, like, the stock went up 100%. Boom, just like that. It was a bad headline. It was a bogus headline. It was a wrong headline. But the stock went up on that news. I was on vacation. I was like, woohoo! Cure for cancer and I own the stock. It wasn't. But it shot up quickly. Now, things like Reddit, stock twits, Twitter, they're not exactly smart money hanging out there, but it's still money. And it's millennials. And millennials, if they want nothing else, they want to get a cause to stand behind because, well, they're spoiled brats who have always had phones in their hands. I know you're saying you didn't just say that out loud. No, 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 I love millennials. But your avocado toast fascination is a little weird. Should you buy meme stocks? I don't know. There is a cycle to them where you can make a lot of money. There was a mutual fund company that owned AMC. And on Monday of this week, they said, we sold all of our AMC for a crazy big profit on under two weeks. And the next day, the stock goes up 100%. It wasn't on Monday because Monday was a holiday, but it was Tuesday they said that. The next day, the stock goes up 100%. So they left $100 plus million on the table. They could have made more money. They still made money. They're still going to pay the tax man. Short-term capital gains. But it went up even further beyond it. Now, today, AMC says, the management of the company says, we're going to sell some shares and raise some money so we can go out and buy dilapidated cinemas and fix them up. So when we do come out of the pandemic, we will have more of the Monopoly board. We will own more theaters than anyone else. I would be very cautious. When the party's over, it's over. It's literally like your mom coming into your house, party's going great at 11.59, and she goes, I'm going to bed at And everyone leaves that stock. It's you just got to be careful. But there is a way of playing them. I don't have the secret sauce. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I know you're saying, no, 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 Rob, talk about investing. Fair enough. Um, AMC has filed to sell 11.5 million shares. This is a great example of how Wall Street works. Why go public? Why show the world your finances? Why let people become owners of the company? Because you can use those shares to raise cash to compensate employees. You can do many wonderful things with it, acquire other companies. Kind of another form of cash. It's a form of a currency for sure. So AMC is going to issue 11.5 million shares. I don't even know AMC's price, so <clears throat> I got to be careful on how I play this. Let's see if I can look it up real quick. AMC Entertainment. It's on the NYSE. It's down 18% today, so it's at $50. <clears throat> 11 million times 50 is the calculator that you need to play with in your head, okay? So that's 11,000. That's 11 million times 50 comes out to 550 million. I had to pull the old abacus out. So AMC basically said, we're going to use our share price 
to go out and acquire some cash. But for that to happen, they just issued 11 million shares. So if there were 100 million shares and they just issued 11 million, they just diluted the shareholders. So the return, it's kind of like it screws those guys, but the shareholders who already own it say, well, we just raised $550 million. So they didn't lose that value. They just got diluted, but they get the cash out of the dilution. AMC is going to go use that cash, hopefully, for something wise. They've got this program to get us back at movie theaters of free popcorn and exclusive screenings. And I'm like, something tells me it's going to be a really small popcorn. And I want a really big tub of popcorn. But I digress. That's how the public system works. But GameStop's a meme stop stock, and the memers don't like the dilution. It's tougher to push a stock higher. Real quick, let's turn it from 11 million shares down to 10 shares or 100 shares. So let's say there was 100 shares of AMC. If you get 55 buying and 45 selling, you have a buying trend. Not by a lot. But when you get 11 million or uh, 110 shares versus 100 shares, it takes a little bit more conviction to get the buyers behind it. It takes a little bit more effort. What you would refer to as a thinner float versus a heavier float. As you dilute it, it makes it tougher to move it higher or you have to get more people involved. Just throwing that out there for you. Um. I don't like civil wars like this, so it's not my kind of investment. United Airlines is going to buy 15 ultra-fast airplanes from startup Boom Supersonic. The service will start in 2029 with a plane that could fly at Mach 1.7 and cut some flight times in half. Boom's first commercial supersonic jet, the Overture, has not been built or certified. It is targeting the start of passenger services in 2029. It will cut a flight from New York to London that typically lasts seven hours to three and a half hours. And here, here, like, here's my thought. You can give me a vaccine for, like, herpes. You can give me a vaccine for COVID. You can give me a vaccine for malaria. I am not getting on a plane that goes 1.5 Mach. Captain, Mach 1. No, no, no. Captain, Mach 1.5. I'm like, I'm out. Um, I don't know enough about this at this point in time. None of us do. Is it going to pollute more? Is it going to save more energy? Is it going to be a positive for the airlines? Or is it, as far as cost savings, or is it going to be a, Oh, you're going to save a lot of time so we can charge you a premium. I think we feel pretty good that it's going to be the premium service. You could take a boring old seven-hour trip or you could take a sexy, fun three-and-a-half-hour trip. And let's say you're Jeff Bezos and you're trying to go through a midlife crisis. You're leaving your wife who bore your four children and helped you build a company. And you want to zoom off to France for the weekend. Uh, Suddenly, a weekend in Paris sounds a lot easier on a a three-and-a-half-hour trip. Crack open some champagne, flights halfway over, throw on some headsets, watch a movie, and boom, you're there. I once flew to Australia from Los Angeles, and I'm not kidding. I think it took 26 hours, and I I was delirious by the time we landed. I was like, I don't know where the front of the plane is. I wasn't going to crash the cabin, but I was pretty darn close to losing my mind. 
So I think this is a pretty good story. The company plans to make its first flight this year with a demonstrator jet called the XB-1. Um, and if that goes well, you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, hey, we're coming public, baby. But it's going to be five years from now. We're going to go through test after test after test. And we're going to get people excited. Investors are going to give us cash. And with that cash, we're going to go come up with some new technologies to cut down flight time to, cut, uh, to improve safety. You're seeing the dawn of a business right there. And in about six, seven years from now, you're going to go, I'm not paying double to save that kind of time. Or you'll be like, hey, I want to impress my friends. I'm paying double. I don't know quite the, the push there, but it's there. I was looking at the 10 cities that are up 50% year over year in real estate. Uh, I'm sorry, in the last four years. Housing markets with the largest price gains in the last four years. The top 10 markets. This is going to freak you out. Boise City. Uh, price changes up 71% since 2017. So you could have got a house roughly for $200,000. Back in 2017, now it's almost 400,000. It's 385. It's so funny. I could sell my home in San Carlos, which is the smallest home I've ever lived in. And I can buy six homes. I can buy five homes in Idaho. That's weird. Spokane, Washington is on the list. Ogden, Utah. Ogden's a cute city. I don't know if I want to live there, but it is a cute city. Port St. Lucie, Florida. No way. You know what the uh, state bird is in Florida? It's a cockroach. It's a flying cockroach. No way. Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. What up with that? Up 55% in four years? So four years ago, you could have bought a house in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina for $80,000. Huh. The one on the list that really blows my mind, because I've talked about it for years, is Stockton, California. $460,000, up over 50% in the last four years. Is that because it's the armpit of California? I'm running for mayor of Stockton one day, and I already have that bumper sticker, Stockton, armpit of California, on my car. I'm a big bumper sticker guy. Those are my memes. But that's that's what in Stockton has an industry that is that good? I, I can't think of it. And like, I think the big job in Stockton is you cut the head off of a chicken and you watch the chicken run around and bleed out. And then you pick up the chicken and you take the feathers off and you process them into chicken breast and chicken thighs and things like that. That can't pay $100,000 a year. They say you should buy a home that's two and a half times your annual income. And the average home now in Stockton is $460,000. So let's say, what is that? Two and a half times your income? Like, that's the average? Like, so you're seeing like 200000 No. No. That seems out of, out of whack to me. But again, it could be professional investors. It could be people turning housing into rentals. A lot going on there. Um, last on the list of the top 10 markets that are up over 50% in the last four years, uh, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. Now, why is that one higher? Now, I can't figure out Stockton other than 
you have to house people in California somewhere. I don't think people are driving from Stockton all the way to San Francisco for their $200,000 a year jobs. But maybe. I could tell you that Phoenix, Arizona, what's going on there? There's some semiconductor plants. There's, there's a decent economy, but not a great economy. In Phoenix, the average home is 350000 How is Stockton higher than Phoenix? Interesting, right? <clears throat> so Phoenix, Mesa, and Scottsdale, they're all kind of thrown in together. To me, that's a play on Californians saying, you know what? I've got a $2 million home. I can go buy six homes in Arizona and like be the, the mayor of, of Phoenix. Like, hey, I'm going to go from home to home to home to home to home. I'm going to have six different wives. Wait, what did he just say? No, no, no. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Editor on. I was only kidding about six wives. I was only, only kidding. I would never have more than four wives. Very much. Thank you. Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. If you want to drop me a voicemail with a question, send it to rob at robblackshow.com. And uh, just record your voice on your phone and drop it off to me and I'll get you on the air. And if you say nice things about me, I'll get you on the air sooner rather than later. Markets are underperforming today. That's okay. I'm not stressed. Are you? We're having a good year, so maybe a, a chill afternoon nap. Take a break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Companies. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Companies hired nearly a million new workers in May. It was the largest gain since last June as the economy was emerging from the early pandemic lockdowns. Leisure and hospitality showed the biggest hires at roughly 440,000 new hires. That is really positive news. When our country hires a million people, here, go down to HR and fill out this paperwork. You get things like benefits. The company agrees to give you $3,000 if you adopt a baby. The company agrees to give you vision um, to get your glasses fixed. The company agrees to give you health care to get your, your, you know, your hospital bills reduced, partially covered with insurance, right? They spend money. We make money. When we make money, we spend money. So when we hear about the highest number of hires during the pandemic of a million people almost, we're stoked. Now, the leisure and hospitality tells me, take a look at stocks in leisure and hospitality. If they're hiring 440,000 people, it's probably not to sit there with their thumbs up their bum. They're probably hiring them to take care of guests, whether it's food, whether it's travel, whether it's hotel. That's why the reopening stocks have already worked. Today, we learned the data that 1 million jobs have been created, 440,000 in services tied towards leisure and hospitality. Six months ago, the reopening stocks started to rock and roll, moving higher. We could probably say four months ago, even. The reopening trade really started to sink in in the United States as the vaccination started to roll out. It's gained momentum. 
that is the lesson that you're learning today. We've learned a lot about meme stocks and we've learned a lot about uh, buy on the rumor, sell on the news. Not quite. But six months ago, we started hearing about the vaccines and we started hearing about people getting their, their shots. And it was like an 85 year old person. We're like, I hate 85 year old people. They don't spend money in the economy. I don't really hate 85 year old people. But from a financial Wall Street perspective, I hate 85 year old people. They take money from Social Security and they don't go out and buy new cars. They do help spend money in healthcare, which I do like. But see, I like the spenders. So to see 440,000 jobs, it's not a surprise to me to see that United Airlines and JetBlue and Southwest, um, it's not surprising to me to see Hilton. It's not surprising to me to see the hotel and leisure category rock and roll in the last six months. The, the reopening stocks have worked. And today we get the proof of it. And that's why Wall Street is a discounting mechanism. Six months ago, the stock started moving. We're like, why are they moving? No one's flying. And then last weekend, we had a record number of people go through TSA. So Wall Street has this weird thing. And this is the craziest thing I'm about to tell you. Wall Street has ESP. It's able to look six months into the future. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Wall Street's got ESPN. They're able to watch Sports Center at night. No, no. Wall Street can look six months into the future. Now, that's pretty damn cool. The bond market is different than the stock market. Stock market looks six months in the future. The bond market is more of a real-time indicator of what's what's wrong. So when we see the 10-year treasury at 1.6%, that, that tells you there's an anemic economy out there. That tells you that a lot of spending is coming from the government and not from people's pockets. The bond market in six months from now if all the hiring proves to be fruitful and we do end up flying and going on trips and it looks like we are, the bond market's going to be higher in six months from now because the bond market works in real time. The stock market looks six months in the future. So if travel and leisure is doing well, that means our economy should be doing well in six months. We have confidence. When we have confidence, we do some crazy stuff. We're like, honey, let's take a three and a half hour jet trip to Paris and renew our vows. I'm feeling confident. Right? I know. You probably don't know this about me, but I'm very super romantic. I like escargot. Je ne parle pas français. <laughs> okay, that's it. Um, so Wall Street looks six months in the future. Bond market looks kind of immediately now. If the hiring proves to be fruitful and correct and six months from now we're justified why those stocks moved six months ago, then the bond market's going to be higher. And if the bond market's higher, it's going to be more money to buy a house. It's going to be more money to – it's going to be a problem. It's going to slow down our economy. So that's what you need to know. That's what you need to walk away from. I'll throw on top of it that Anheuser-Busch is pledging to give away a free beer if 70% of adults get vaccinated partially by July 4th. The gimmick or the shtick there is they want you to go to a website, take a picture of you drinking one of their beers at one of your favorite establishments, and then they're going to give you a digital debit card for $5 off of one of their products at a location of your choice, I think. But the whole shtick is is essentially they're spending $5 per customer to learn a lot about you. Why buy a Super Bowl ad for a million dollars in 30 seconds when you can give someone $5 and have them fill out a form with all their data so they can use that against you and market towards you? Interesting, right?
just as Apple takes away tracking, new ways of tracking us are free beer. <laughs> like in a hundred years from now, we're going to say, I didn't know I was signing away my life when I got $5 of free beer. I didn't know I was inviting the aliens to come and invade the, the continent. Yeah. Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me at robblackshow.com. I did update my logo, which means the podcast is not imminent, but it's coming probably in a month to six weeks. You can see the new logo only at, well, YouTube, Rob Black Show. It's there. So go to YouTube and search for Rob Black Show. Or you can go to Facebook and search for Rob Black Show, Rob Black and Your Money, or I Hate Rob Black or Cron 4 Rob Black, and you'll see the new logo. It's shiny, spiffy, and cool. And if you can find the meaning in it, I, I, I would be impressed because there's some meaning in it. Uh, let's just say there's a broadcasting meaning and there's uh, double imaging. That's pretty darn cool. You can find me online at robblackshow.com.